used to. You gonna pray? I can. All right. Brother Hepler gonna pray. Brother. Cool stuff. You can do whatever you want to get yourself just to talk to Dad. Mm. Um, I'm kind of informal, and he really just wants us to communicate with him. Father, what an awesome, awesome opportunity for us just to, to be in your presence and to get to know you better, to get to know one another better, and to live life, and uh, to be able to bless those that have blessed us so much. Mm. Father, just open our hearts to see, to actually see your love, and, and I, I know we experience it here and we sense it, but Father, just I, I come against any of those barriers, any of those chains that have bound us up, any of that crap that we've we brought in here with us this week. I know I've had a, I won't use the expletive, but I've had a crappy week mm. just with family dynamic stuff, and it sounds like other people have too. Jesus is bigger than all of that. Mm-hmm. Jesus is, is bigger than our cares, is, is bigger than our concerns. And the Scripture actually tells us to, to cast our cares upon Him. And literally translated, it means to fling it. Father, I just ask that we just, in your mind and in our spirits and our hearts right now, we, just, we fling those cares at the foot of the cross because Jesus paid the price to take those from us. We don't mm. have to carry that burden anymore. Mm. Father, we, we love you. And just, once again, just open our hearts to receive and open our minds to be changed and renewed by your word and, and, and by your spirit this evening. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. 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 Thank you, thank you. Uh, we have one more little thing to celebrate here. Um, Carrie was not, is not able to be here, um, but the rest of her gang is here. Three of them, three of the four, right, with Lynn. And uh, you're with Mama all the time now, right? Yeah. How's that feel? Uh, more than great. <laughs> more than great. More than great. That's cool. It's been a whole bunch of folks walk this. and So we're very extremely excited with you. Okay. All right, we're in the book of Hebrews, so if you brought your book or screen, go ahead and, and let your eyeballs rest on that. We're in chapter 5. Just a quick reminder, we've just, we, we, last week we briefly talked about how this letter is, is setting people up. It's talking back to the Jewish Christians. It's talking back to a people that have lived their life a particular way for all their life, and their generations before that had as well. And so we even went back just a tad to remind ourselves about when grace started to enter. Remember we talked last week about Zechariah, the daddy of John the Baptist, how he entered the Holy of Holies that day law-based, and he came out grace-based. Completely different. And we even wondered, said, man, you know, Scripture doesn't tell us, but we often, we wondered going, wonder what happened with him. Knowing that he came out and that his son was going to be the one that was going to herald in the coming Messiah, there was no need for Zechariah to go to the temple anymore. So in essence, Zechariah was leaving his livelihood. 
Man, to have seen the rest of the story with him. To say, man, I am all in. I can't explain that one away. And we even said that we really felt like it. his heart was not hardened like the Scriptures say to some of the folks in that he was ready and willing to accept the fact that the Messiah was coming. And so when he was on the scene that day and he, he exits the, the Holy of Holies grace-based, he never, went, he never went back. Never wavered. And so that's what this letter is about. And we got all the way to Hebrews 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. And through Jesus, so let's just read that. It says, In this way God qualified Jesus as a perfect high priest, which is the one who offers Himself on our behalf, which makes Him, Jesus, the source of our everlasting security of our souls, where we are preserved and made whole for everyone who will submit. And remember, we talked last week about that definition of that word. The definition of that word means is to hearken, to listen, to believe, to obey, to submit to. That I can't, I've got to, I've got to know something is going to be true before I'll act upon it. Right? I've got to have this thought that if I take that next step over the cliff, that death is waiting for me if I do it. So I'm believing the truth that the next step is fatal. Same thing here. Okay? Is that before I have a behavior, I've got to have a thought on it, and I'm either treating that as truth, or I'm treating it as unbelief. you got to hang on to that, gang, because we're talking to a people that have lived their way in truth in the doing, in the have-tos. They would get up each morning and they would, their life would be about having to do X, Y, Z in order to be okay with God. Now that X, Y, Z is gone, and it's just Jesus, and they're okay with God through their faith in Jesus, it takes a while. So here we are, and what happens when you say yes to that, flip over just for a second in Romans 8, that's going to be towards the left side of the book. Flip over to Romans 8 real quick. It's verse 16. When you say yes to Jesus, here's what happens. For His Spirit joins with ours. With our spirit to affirm that we are who class? God's children. That's pretty significant. Verse 17, And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in His glory, we must also share in His suffering. That word suffering is a pressing in. It's that life when gets hard. We've had a lot of that happen in our lives, right? And so we're telling folks, that, hey look, just because you said yes to this guy named Jesus, your life is going to get pressured in. Right? Because the letter's going back to the Jewish Christians. This letter was written in the air like 67 to 90 AD. So they're writing it back to tell them, say, look, you're going to be tempted to go back the old way because all your buddies are doing it that way. And you look different. And they're not hanging out with you anymore. And so you might want to go back and start doing the have-tos. But your faith in Jesus is telling you that you get to. Big difference. Hebrews 
5, back over in Hebrews. Skip down to 11. They talk briefly about Melchizedek. We don't have time for that tonight. Hebrews 5.11 says, There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. (laughs) 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 Have you ever had anyone in your life that was like that? (laughs) And they're going, yeah, it was you, Bibbo. So you won't listen. I think Philip and I were experiencing that just a little while ago over here, right? We was like we were saying the same thing, we just weren't listening to one another. It says, so since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. And so what they're saying is that you're no longer willing to listen. You aren't trying to understand. Have you ever had these conversations? This is kind of with someone that doesn't understand you. You ever had any of those? Okay. <laughs> Deb's going, I sure have. <laughs> and so what is it? Do you ever had in, in the, some of those conversations when someone doesn't understand you and your voice starts raising? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we have. Have you ever had it this way? We'll take, the, we'll take the light off of that one just for a second. Have you ever talked with someone that is from another country? All right. And you're, and you're talking to them, and they can't understand you, and you can't understand them, but all of a sudden you're going, I love Jesus! <laughs> you're getting louder, and everybody's going, well, man, they're not deaf. They just can't understand you. So what is it with our volume, with our presence, that we're trying to tower over someone to make them understand? What do you think sometimes the disconnect is? What is it that is about us that when someone is not willing, dang, this is huge. When someone is not willing, what is it about us that just makes us want to keep after them, keep after them, keep after them, keep after them, keep after them? Why can't we just let go? Jesus let the boy walk. When he told him, he said, Lord, what should I do to inherit? And he told him, and the old boy just looked at him and said, Man, I ain't willing to He let him walk. Verse 12. It says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Guys, I love this because here's the thing. I think a lot of times that we'll use these verses and we'll just absolutely whip the fire out of people with them. Let me help encourage you with these, all right? So verse 13, let's just pull these in. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Some of the other versions, the NIV says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with teaching about righteousness. ESV, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. I like this one. For everyone, this is the NASB. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant. And just to pull this together, it says solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill 
to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Alright? So let, let's go back to verse 12 here just for a second. It said, the basic things about God's Word. If someone were to come up to you and say, look, how do I have this relationship with God? Or what are some of the basic things of God's Word that you can tell me about? Where would you start with them? Now, keep in mind, what I want to do is constantly take you back to the era of where these folks live. Because, see, they're, they're reading this letter. They're not, they're not handing out the Bibles and going, okay, everybody open up to Hebrews. They're reading the letter and they're going, hey, look, you guys have been in the game for so long, they're only second generation Christians. The letter was written between 67 and 90. And so why are these writers going, here's what you ought to be doing. But if they were saying, look, move past the basic teachings of Christ, what do you think the writer is wanting him to move past? Come on, speak it out. Traditions. Traditions. Absolutely. What else? Hmm? Themselves. Themselves. Tradition, themselves. What else? Judging. Hmm? The judging, the looking. Yeah. The outside of the cup. The what? I heard somebody say something. Getting beyond getting beyond the cross, as great as it is, and getting onto the resurrection of life. Amen. Comfort. Comfort. What are the basic teachings? We read chapter 3 and 4, so I want you to hold firmly to as when you first believed. And we ask everybody to go back to that moment and say, why did I first believe? And am I holding on firmly to that? Because see, what we're seeing, Deb and I get this chance to live a lot of life with a lot of folks. And gang, we're asking this question right out of the gate, is why did you say yes to Jesus? Amen. But I still had to respond to him saying, I want you. Right? Because I can go back to the time when saying, when I can, I know that he was wooing me, and I was going, no, I'm not about that. So, what is it about us that makes us say yes? The idea of reconciliation. Even creation waits for it. Okay. I want this new creation. i got to have something new. What I've been doing is old. So doesn't that kind of relate here? That what you've been doing in order to have this righteousness to God in your doing, I'm saying changes through your believing in Jesus. You see the difference in the words? I'm going from doing to believing. My believing creates doing. You follow me? Let's look at this again here. So anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not equated with teaching about righteousness. How would you teach about righteousness? Hmm? Actions. What is it? What is righteousness? 
relationship. All right. Christ's righteousness. That's it. Right standing before God through Christ. That's it. Did y'all hear that? That's a good way of putting it right there. Right standing before right God. God. Right standing before God through Christ. So you see the hold firmly. Hold firmly to that. Hold firmly to that. Verse 14, here we go. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice, that's in the NSAB, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Here's what some of the others say. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. What's the training? What's the practice? You're in 67 AD. You're reading this letter. What are they practicing? What are they training? Here, here's the word, because I want to hear what you have to say in that. Training, if I were to write the Greek word up here, you would say, wow, that looks like gymnasium. And it means to exercise vigorously. It means in any way, either the body and the mind. So these people are hearing this and they're going, look, the mature are the ones who are in constant use. They're in training. What were they seeing? They were practicing their faith. Alright, that's cool. What were they practicing in their faith? Selflessness. Selflessness. Ton of that. What else? Community. What else? Alright. And that, boy, that's, that's a big one, isn't it? Be- believing the truth over the lies. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Huge. What about the ceremonial stuff, the tradition things that we were talking about earlier? Remember the teachers came in and even asked Jesus one day, said, how come your boys aren't doing the ceremonial washing? They said, well, man, the, the bridegroom's still with them. We're celebrating. <laughs> There'll be a time for all that. You're saying it's not today. Wouldn't they have to stand up to the powers of the world today to resist being brought back into same traditions? Mm-hmm. And see, I think we do. So catch this, gang. Look, here, we're we're look, we're we're dangerously close. We really are. I'm not talking about us in here per se, but I'm just talking about the body because see, that's our team. Amen. As much as I may not agree with what some of them do and how they do it, we're still wearing the same jersey. And I've got to go out there and somehow edify and try to unite with them and grind my teeth through it because now I'm going to die to myself like what Falk was just talking about, and operate in the hymn and say, I'll join you. I'm going to get over myself just for a second so we can go and help feed a Ricky Butler who's been sleeping underneath this bridge, whose wife's just about to have a baby. I don't care how many times you want to take the communion. I don't care how many times you think we ought to do this and that. I do care about his heart. I care about his bride. I care about those three children. You see, that's what I think that they, the people here saw. They saw a people that were so radically cut loose through their faith in Jesus that they were going, that's what they're practicing. 
But I think the practicing wasn't the doing. What comes before the doing? Believing. What were they believing? That Jesus is who He says He is. And what does that mean? But what does that mean for you personally? Why do you say yes to Him today? Because I was a sinner and He died for my sins. Amen. That's eternity. What about today at 7.02 here at Siegel High School Choir Room? And I'm about to go out there. How does my yes help me today? Well, you're, getting, you're all over. You're getting close. You're... The joy is that. It's the only choice. Right, that's eternity. It gives you confidence to move forward for today. Alright. He's indwelling me, and He wants to live His life through me, and i got to believe that He's going to do that. Amen. <laughs> that's huge. Alright, now. Because let me... if He's not in me, and if He's not living through me, I'm going back to what I used to do. Let me give you a quick example. Guys, I'm, trying, I'm, just, I'm only giving you this example because it's so recent. I'm, I'm in the truck with that boy back there in the back, Jordan. He gets me in more trouble than anybody in this barn. <laughs> I'm back there and we're picking stuff up. Anyway, the phone rings. The phone rings. I don't know the number and I'm thinking it's a peanut butter call. And what I mean by that is I think it's a customer wanting to call and help old Bibbo. How selfish of me. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was somebody that was wanting something. It was Ricky. Hey man, got your name from Candy Carter over at Last Call from Grace. Outstanding. How, what's going on? Long, long, long story short, we're sitting in the car, and everything in my flesh at the first was saying, just say no, <laughs> Bivens. You got stuff going on, man. You got a family waiting for you at home. Just say no. Self dies. I look at Jordan, I said, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we got A3 over there Pete's been saying he's wanting a roommate we go pick him up we go pick him up he's over in A3 he's got a bride he's about to have a baby he's got three beautiful kids he's working right now he's the one that needed that size 13 pair of boots he's a big boy and he's got a great laugh and he's wanting out same thing happened to Shevable. Young girl sees a nest with some birds in it. Tells the old boy right there, says, man, that's just like me, homeless. You see what they're holding on to? You see what he's holding on to firmly? He's holding on to the fact that the Jesus in us will operate us. It will move you. It will. You can stop it. Gang, it's in the book talking about the flesh operating against the flesh. But when we die to self and operate in Him and move forward and not be afraid to say no, we're not going to say yes all the time. I'm looking at a guy on a video screen that's wanting me to get him out of jail so bad he can't stand it. And I'm looking at him and going, no. That's hard. I'm going to hold on to Him firmly. But I need you to hold on to Him firmly with me. It's community. It's the body. 
here's the thing as we start to close. If we know that we are approved by God through our yes in Jesus, and that we just read just a little while ago that His Spirit has joined our spirit, what would ever keep us from walking through our fear? It's us, right? And so the thing is, is that what we get to get real honest with is going, maybe I'm not trusting the Him in me yet. You remember last week when I talked about the have-tos, that sometimes i got to do some things that feel like a have-to in order for them to transform over to a get-to. And we use one real simple like reading the Bible. So maybe I don't read the Bible that much, so I'm just going to have to read it in order to get to the point where I get to. Whatever it is for you. Maybe this first time that I go out with someone and fill a box full of food with someone. Or maybe the first time I give to James... Uh, I didn't mean to say her name. <laughs> give to someone globally. It kind of feels like I have to. But then over time, your heart starts to transform and then it turns into a get to. Because you're operating in your uniqueness and you're operating in your DNA. Real quick... What has happened to us as a body gang, and this is what I'm loving seeing about you, is that you're not participating in this. I Googled it again just to make sure I had the numbers right. There's over 30,000 denominations. Is that not insane? Are you kidding? I can't get 30,000 monkeys in a barrel. But we as men have separated ourselves... To 30,000. And at the crux of that, it's just saying you're wrong and I'm right. Yuck. Yuck. And I love the fact that you're getting together with folks and saying we're not going to participate in it because here's what Paul said, and this is what you're living out, and this is what you're helping others believe. It's in Romans, it's in uh, chapter 3, and it's in verse 30. He said, there is only one God. And He makes people right. He makes them righteous. He makes them justified with Himself only by how, if you're looking at it. Who said it? Faith. You don't even have to look at it. Only by faith. Only by faith. Whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Ephesians 4, 5 says there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so to close it up, Hebrews verse in chapter 6, verse 1 says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again. What if we stopped having those conversations with others that created arguments about you do this and we don't and we think you're wrong and we think we're right? What if we never participated in one of those conversations ever again? We might be talking less. What would you do with that time? <laughs> yeah, ask them to go with you somewhere. How about that? Ask them to join you to go do something. Invite them over. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. <laughs> And what they're talking about there, gang, is don't go back to the dead works of the law. 
Don't, don't go back to the have-tos in order to get yourself right with, with God. Stay in the believing. Stay in the believing. And then the flow of that will come. The fruits of the Spirit will flow through you. You see, the fruits of the Spirit of peace, joy, patience, kindness, they have tangible things that are attached to them. And that's what you're living out. Very last thing is that when you, when you close your eyes and pray and sing and have communion, when you pick up the bread and you dip it in a cup, remind yourself what you're holding on firmly to. Remind yourself who you're holding yourself onto firmly, knowing that He's got you even tighter. That as strong as you think you're holding Him, He's got you more. He will never let you go. And that ought to make it well with our soul. Father, thank You so much for a beautiful night. We're going to start closing this thing out. and Lord, just let folks move as they feel led to move. I do pray that as families go and, and partake and celebrate, Lord, the fact that we get to come to Your table, as Mom said not too long ago, that You're calling us to dinner. <laughs> and so we, get the, we, we just love the fact that we get to do that. So I pray that families would uh, celebrate together. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that wants more prayer, I pray that if there are folks around the room that would just kind of move themselves around to make themselves available, that would be outstanding. Father, You are a great God. I'm thankful that You are the one and only. And that we believe it and that we get to. So Lord, it's in Christ's name that we lift the rest of this time up. Amen.